Matic has to go! Manchester United, he'll never get a better one. What did I say, Stuart? We were going to get another chance. I didn't think he was going to be as emphatic as that. The Palace players can't believe it, but I tell you what, Nemanja Matic, what an absolutely sensational strike. Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. We're here still in our video chat as usual, but it's actually a good thing this week as our guest is in Germany. Um, Helen, where are you? I'm still in Belfast. That looks nice though. Thank you. It's my living room. <laughs> I was in France for a few days, south of France, yeah. but um, just for a few days and now back to Belfast. South of France, eh? Mm-hmm. Are the other half live, Sam? I know, right? Yeah. You're going yeah. to Belfast this week. I know. I know. How the Can't other wait. half live? You go for golf, aren't you? Yes. Charity game. What a small world that my brother said to me the other day. I'm playing in a charity golf tournament on Friday and Maisie is playing. Yeah. And I was like, no way. Yeah. Keith Gillespie as well. Such a small world. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good. It's for charity, but are you going to be hustling people? Yeah, of course. And that's a win. Of course you will. No, Absolutely. Um, okay, so we should say that this week's guest came recommended by Lee Grant a few weeks ago. Uh, he told us we should get Nemanja Matic on the podcast because he's got great stories. So that's what we've done. Uh, but also you should know that we are recording this before we play Sevilla in the Europa League semi-final. So that game hasn't taken place. You all have seen it by now. Obviously, we haven't. We don't know what happened. Um, Maisie, you played at centre-back. Yeah. Is Nemanja the kind of guy you would have wanted patrolling in front of you? Absolutely, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Keeney, the way he just conducts a play, breaks things up, does everything simple, but does it very, very effectively. Great. I, I love watching him because he's a, he's a top, top player. I read that he um, he really liked Roy Keane when he was younger and used to watch him a lot because uh, I was, you know, we, we do preparation before these. Helen, what did you read before this one? I read lots of notes. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> on, on who? <laughs> No man, yeah. Whoa, it comes from Serbia. Do you know what it is? When you see the name Nemanja, you automatically think of Village. Does anybody else do that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I didn't. What do you mean, no? When Village was here, people called him just Nemanja a lot of the time. Yeah. So that's what I read. So you've read pages and pages of notes on Nemanja Village in preparation for this interview. <laughs> pages and pages. I don't have time to read pages and pages. <laughs> Skimmed Wikipedia. It means when we get Nemanja Village, you will be ready. I will be. I will be yeah. more than ready. <laughs> uh, Nemanja Matic, though, I nearly actually said it again. Nemanja Matic, though. Uh, strange situation for him being signed by Chelsea, not really given a chance, sold to Benfica and then back to Chelsea. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Doesn't happen very often. Strange one. I suppose Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba is another one you could think of that would have left the club and gone back to the club. Um, Teddy Sheringham with Spurs, uh, Mark Hughes with United as well. So it does happen, doesn't it? But it seems a bit weird. You yeah, wonder if it's unfinished business or if it's... I don't know, maybe they just liked it. Maybe they regretted leaving. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, something I didn't know until we started looking into this is that uh, it was when he was at Benfica that he got converted from a playmaker into a defensive midfielder. That's probably why he's so good, because he can, he can pick a pass as well. Yeah. He's, um, he's that type of player. So We do find that, though, with lots of our guests, don't we? Because they just get pushed further and further and further back. Usually in their yeah. youth career, though. Yeah, I wonder where he started out. Everybody started a striker, didn't they? Maisie, even yeah. you must have started a striker. <laughs> I did, I did. See, everybody started a striker. I was, I was crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get him on the line, shall we? Yeah. Here's Nemanja Matic. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, Nemanja. Hi, mate. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. How's Germany? Uh, very hot. Mm. <laughs> I've just been outside a little bit walking, so... It's... 30, 32 degrees. Yeah, that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. Did you get a break, Nemanja, over the last couple of weeks or not? Yeah, we had five days. Five days. Oh, good. It was great. I want to say to you, uh, to say hi to Johnny and thanks for the penalty last game, so... Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> I will play coffee in hell when I see him. <laughs> Brilliant. Edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, Nemanja, you might have to help us with some pronunciations, but you grew up in Vrelo. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. a small, small village in Serbia, yeah. And how was life for you? What was your childhood like? 
was was very simple. It was uh, school in the morning from 7.30 till uh, 12, 12.30, something like that. Then uh, football all day. <laughs> so I grew up in a very small village, um, if I can say poor. Poor, uh, in, we didn't have many opportunities. Uh, everything what we could do, well, we had one, one ball for football, one for basketball, and that that was uh, everything that we got. So we had to choose or basketball or football, but most of the kids choose football. So all day we spend on uh, on, the, on the pitch playing tournaments and everything. And I was happy because uh, I liked since I was five, I started to to train to play football, and for me it was was great. And your father coached you when you first started playing at a young level, right? Oh, yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> that was a nightmare. When your father is a coach, is uh, sometimes we, we win the game, I don't know, 7-1 or 7-2. I scored three, four goals. He he was not happy. I come home, he said, you uh, was a disaster. I said, what? <laughs> what position did you play as a kid? I played uh, number ten behind behind the strikers, because when I was uh, like young, small, yeah. uh, I was very very small, and uh, I had a great technique. So I was number ten, like Juan Mata, almost. <laughs> <laughs> then when I was fifteen, I I grow very quick. Then I become six six foot four, and uh, yeah. I lost some uh, some. Um, balance, some technique. <laughs> so the, the coaches, they, they told me you have to drop a little bit to number six defensive midfielder. Was there anybody growing up that you looked and thought, I'd love to play like him? I was, uh, did you model your game on anybody? Yeah, when I was a kid, at uh, that time Zidane played more or less position yeah. where, I, where I played. So he was my, my idol. Most of the kids they liked Ronaldo, uh, yeah. uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, but uh, I liked Zidane because he was more or less my position and uh, and he was my idol, of course. Presumably, at some point, did you play against him? No, no. You never, it never happened. Okay. No, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was wondering if there might have been a crossover when, when maybe when you started and when he finished. I did. I couldn't work it out. No, no. The from that generation. The, uh, I played only against uh, Ryan Giggs. I catch him a little bit yeah. in Champions League when I played in uh, in Benfica. So from that older guys, I catch him. Uh, Ryan Giggs, Zidane is I think a little bit older than him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the growth spurt sounds a bit like uh, Scott McTominay. Sort of the same sort of story. He was really small and then all of a sudden shot up to the height he is now. Does the things like that make football harder for you? And did you always think? you would be bigger? No, I mean, uh, uh, every player has an advantage. If you are small, then that means that uh, you need, you need uh, less time on the ball, you need a small space to turn and everything. But uh, when you are bigger, like Scott or me or, I don't know, Harry, then you have a, a different advantage. Then uh, your, your steps are bigger, you can jump better. <laughs> To win the ball, I mean, uh, yeah. in in uh, in the air. So when I was small, I, as I said, I, I had a great technique, to be honest, and I really enjoyed on on the ball. But then I I grow, I think, 15 centimeters in one year. So then suddenly I was uh, I don't know one. Uh, when I was 15, I was 186 with uh, 65 kilos. So <laughs> So it was uh, was was hard, but after when you you need one adapt your body to eat better to get some muscles, then uh, then it's easier, of course. Probably would have done alright on that basketball team then. Yeah, I, I'm actually good in basketball because in Serbia you, you need to know two things in your life: to play basketball and football. Then uh, the rest is not that important. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about skill. <laughs> yeah, in the summer I always like to play, play basketball with my friends. And your younger brother also plays football. Yeah, my brother uh, signed signed with uh, Karabakh Baku like two weeks ago, so he will play Champions League qualification this this year with his team. Mm -hmm. What was life like for the two of you? Were you competitive growing up? 
Yeah, I'm two years two years older, so I always was stronger than him. So he had to listen to everything what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he's also was was talented always. I liked more to to work than him before, so that's why I think that I made a better career than him. He was more calm, like everything is okay, no problem. <laughs> so I was worried more about everything. But uh, he had a good career. He played um, a few years in Copenhagen, the team that we, we just played against. He played in uh, Holland, in uh, Cyprus. What position, what position does he play? Uh, same, midfielder, same as me. He is more number number eight, box to box. I'm more defensive midfielder, but sometimes he played also defensive midfielder, but he is more like box to box number eight. So there's actually a chance you could play against him? Yeah, if, if they qualify for Champions League, yeah, I hope, I hope. Imagine playing against your brother. Yeah, that would be great. We played uh, one one game together for Serbia under 21 against Denmark, but we never face. I never played against him, so that would be great. I will give him some elbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would your parents support? I think I think they support him because he's younger. He's always baby. He's, he, he is always baby. You know when we go outside to play with friends. So if if someone makes the the problem, my father always say that is me because I'm the older. So you have to teach him how how he's right. So, you know even if he do some make some problem, my father says your fault. So he's, he always was. He, the baby of in the family. <laughs> what what was what was life like growing up where you lived? Was anything like with Berber? He talked about the troubles. Where you know where you lived? What was it like? Yeah, my I, I grew up in a small village. In my village lives maybe one and a half thousand people. Yeah. So I know everyone in the village. I know every house who lives there and everything. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I was born in 1988, so we survived few wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the war, we were lucky. The war was not in our place, not even close to to my to my place. So we didn't feel that that much. And uh, in my time when I was a kid, it was not social media. So and we didn't yeah. watch, to be honest, uh, television. And uh, for us, the biggest problem: I have the ball tomorrow to play football. But the uh, economy uh, was so poor. Like, now I understand how it was difficult for my parents to, to, to earn the money for us, to, yeah. something to eat or something. Because um, when you are, your country is in the war, the economy completely stopped. My father played football. Uh, so in 1991, the economy stopped, football collapsed. So they didn't have uh, anything to, to do. So we lived in a village. We had to produce our food, vegetable, and everything to to survive. So um, we kids, we didn't feel that because uh, we played football all day. But I can imagine the, for the parents was was very hard. Was it hard for you and hard for them when you then had to leave because you came to England for a trial with Middlesbrough uh, and then you obviously signed for Chelsea. And at that point, obviously, you must have realised football could be a professional career for you. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I, I left Serbia when I was 18. I, I went to Slovakian team, Košice. After two years, we got the, the offer to come to Millsborough. The Southgate was a, was a manager in that time in Millsborough. They played Premier League. So they asked me to go on trial. And uh, yeah, I said, of course, of course, I go to Premier League. Why not? I, I spent there a few days. I don't remember everything because it was a long time, but I, I remember it was a nice running round uh, in, in that team. In, in that time was uh, Robert Hood, yeah. Downing, Mido. So it was they had they had a good team. I don't know what's happened. I, I, I think I, I had uh, three or four training sessions. Then uh, I went I went home uh, to Serbia. Then because we had national team. And uh, to be honest, I don't know what's happened, why I didn't sign. Maybe they didn't like me or something, but no one tells me anything. <laughs> and I stayed six more months in that team, Slovakia team, Košice. Then I signed for, for Chelsea. How did the move from Chelsea come about? How did you hear about it at the time? Yeah, I played um, uh, Euro Euro European Cup uh, with uh, Serbia under 21. 
And the first game we played against Italy, uh, I think it was nil-nil or one-one. Nil-nil, yeah. And in that game, I think five minutes, in 85 minutes, I broke my uh, foot, metatarsal bone. Then I had surgery and my agent told me, are you interested to go to Chelsea? And I was like, surprised, what? I played one game for under 21. And he said, yeah, but Ancelotti watched watch the game. Ancelotti in that time was, was in, in Chelsea. And I said, of course. And then I went, I, I signed for Chelsea after one month, I think. I had surgery in Barcelona. Then first four months in Chelsea, I had a recovery and everything. And uh, the second part of the season, I played maybe three games. Uh, that was the season 2009-2010 when uh, we won the double league and FA Cup. Quite unusual for a team to sign you, knowing that you're injured as well. Yeah, but uh, I, I think they, they of course, obviously they knew it. I was very young. I was 20, or, yeah, 20. Yeah. So they they planned me to be the the future of the club. And it was good for me that that first year. I didn't play a lot, but uh, I, I trained with big players in Chelsea in that time. Played Lampard, Drogba, Terry, Essien. Um, I don't want to forget anyone. Balak, Ivanovic, Czech. So it was was great experience for me to see how they behave, how they train. And uh, after one year, I said to my agent, I think that I'm not ready. I cannot play with these guys. I feel that I'm improving, but I will not get the chance because there were so many big players, international players, that uh, it's hard to get the chance. So I asked my agent to, to have a move, to go alone or somewhere that I, will, uh, that I can express myself to play regularly. So we decided to, to, to change and to go on loan to Vitesse Arnhem, Holland. Was you, was you still a number 10 then? Uh, yeah. Started, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, number like that position, number 10 or 8. Then I played in Holland uh, one season, 10 months. Then Chelsea decided to, to sell me to Benfica. And that's what the, I think the, the best, the best um, option for me and uh, the best choice, I think, in my in 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 that time in my in my career so it was was great for me it was a good move did you feel like because you was in the premier league with chelsea top team did you feel the step back was needed or because even benfica is such a such a big club yeah yeah i i felt i felt that uh, that i'm improving but I, I said also to my agent, listen, I, I don't need to, to be in Chelsea that, to, to say that I'm in Chelsea and I, yeah. I, I was yeah. not happy not playing. I was happy that I, I was there one year, but was enough to see where I am and uh, was great experience. But I, I always was thinking, I want to play. Doesn't matter which league, which club. So let's bring bring me to to the club which is my level at the moment. Then later I will fight. I will find myself somewhere, and then we will see. So I went to Benfica, and first day I will never forget. First day in the club, the manager called me to his office. He he bring one guy because I didn't speak any Portuguese, and the manager he didn't speak any English. So he called his assistant to <laughs> translate. And uh, he, he said to his assistant, tell him, number 10, he, he, don't, he doesn't have the chance to play here because he, at that time in Benfica played Aymar, Saviola, was top, top players on that position. And all of them, they're one and a half meters, small players yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, fantastic quality. And so I said, okay, so... Then why do, why do you bring me here? <laughs> he said, okay, you cannot play this, but if you play defensive midfielder, one day you can you can be one of the best players on that position in the world. So I was like, okay. <laughs> there is no there is no the question now for me. So I will I will be here training. And uh, was exactly what he said. It was was hard to work with him. He stopped the training for 10, 15 times just because of me to explain me where I need to stay, which position to take. And it was hard, but I was ready to work, to listen and to improve. So it was a great time for me in Benfica. We played Champions League regularly and was 
I always recommend to young players who has the quality if they can choose Benfica is always a great option. Of course, uh, when you did move, David Luiz moved the other way. Yeah, uh, Was it strange to be part of a transfer where another player is involved? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, David Luiz signed six months before I joined Benfica. It was in January. Yeah. So I already, uh, six months before uh, I, I joined Benfica, I knew that, that I will be there because we signed pre, pre-contract already. Uh, so uh, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. David Luiz signed for Chelsea. I don't know how much they pay for him. And um, Benfica uh, asked, asked uh, if they they can pay and send me, uh, I don't know, instead of five million or something. And uh, Chelsea said, okay, probably they decide that because they they didn't think that I, I, I will be good in the future for them. So my job was to, to show them that they were wrong and uh, <laughs> they had to buy me back again. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Well, you, you had a really successful time at Benfica. You won two league titles. You won the, the Premier League Player of the Year. But also, and I didn't know this until uh, doing a bit of research in, before this chat. So in 2013, obviously, you've been moved from an attacking player and told you're going to be more defensive. You came second in the Puskas Goal of the Year awards to uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's overhead kick against England. For, yeah, you scored Zlatan. a ridiculous volley. Zlatan was lucky because he scored that goal year before. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in 2017, you were nominated again. So only three people on earth have been nominated more times than you for the Puskas Goal of the Year award, which are Messi, Neymar and Zlatan. And as someone that has, was told they needed to be more defensive, it's pretty impressive. I know, but my goal obviously was, was most, more important than Zlatan goal. Zlatan goal was in a friendly game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will kill me. He will, he will call me after this interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was an was a amazing goal, of course. And uh, yeah, when I went to that event, uh, was a player, player of the year. I think that year was uh, Ronaldo won the... Uh, Ballon d'Or. That event was day before I, I, I signed second time for, for Chelsea. Benfica asked me to, to go because I, I had to go straight after after the Porto game was 12th of January 2014, I remember. And Benfica asked me if I can go there uh, because uh, they told me uh, I don't know how many years uh, Benfica player didn't didn't uh, didn't was not involved in the uh, in events. So so I, I went there, it was nice. Zlatan won, my goal was second, and Neymar, uh, Brazil against Japan was, was third. Yeah, it was, it was always good. That goal I will never forget because it was against Porto, very important goal. You know that Benfica-Porto is the biggest, yeah. biggest derby in, in, uh, in Portugal. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Nemanja, how did you cope with moving around to different countries at such a young age? How did you cope with that mentally? Did you find it easy to do that? Uh, to be honest, for me, before it was was easy. A little bit, uh, I say, problem, not problem, but uh, we know that's our life. My job is football and we have to move sometimes. But when I got the kids, then it's more difficult. When kids, they need to change the school, house, everything... Uh, is for me uh, when I see them first days in in a new school is is hard. Yeah. So that's the only the only problem. But me personally, I don't have problem. Uh, I played in few countries. I I adapt quick. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to to learn the language. Whatever I play, I try to learn the the language of that country. Uh, I respect all clubs where I played, all countries, so I don't have any problem. But I have to say, for kids and for families, more, more, more difficult. More difficult. Were you happy to go back to Chelsea and think that's a little bit more like home from home because you'd been there before when you left Benfica? Yeah, well, maybe when I got offered to go to Chelsea, uh, I had a few more offers from some big clubs, but uh, I decided to go to Chelsea because I wanted to go back because I knew it, uh, the club, I already know everyone in the, in the club and uh, I knew that uh, at the, 
I will I will adapt quick, quickly and uh, and also I wanted to uh, to show that I deserved to to play for Chelsea because uh, I knew it that they decide before to sell me and everything so that was a challenge for me I knew it also that the the situation can go to opposite way if I don't start well then uh, there's a lot of pressure on me but that's football uh, if you play on high level David, he knows more more than me. Probably he has more experience in big club. When you play, is every day is a pressure, and I was ready. I was ready to to compete and to show that I have quality. So, so you go back to Chelsea, and the the, the current players that you've you've left two or three years earlier, did they take the piss out of you, saying what are you doing back? Yeah, to to be honest, they. Uh, they knew it, I think, 10, 10, 15 days before that I will come because I, I, I'm a good friend with Ivanovic and I always stayed in touch during my Benfica time with him. And uh, they knew it, but and they were happy because, I, uh, to be honest, I, I, I had a great connection with, uh, with everyone. And uh, most of the guys, they, they are great, great, uh, great people. So they were happy to see me, of course, and uh, I was happy to to join them because uh, Chelsea always have a great team. Yeah, they always want, wanted to 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 win, and uh, yeah, I think that for me it was was good move, and I think that Chelsea also needs to be happy uh, with my job, what I've done there, and everything. We were talking earlier about other players that have been at a club, left and then come back again. So like Paul Pogba is one and uh, Mark Hughes is another one. But I wonder how many players have done what you've done, which is get purchased by a, a top level football club, get sold and then get bought back again. But because you were playing two completely different positions. So the first time they bought you, they wanted you as an attacking midfielder. And the second time as a defensive yeah, player. Yeah, so so basically, basically they buy uh, different player with the same name. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that um, it's very hard in a, in the big clubs with the, like United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Uh, you want to win the league, you want to win Champions League, and it's very hard uh, the player of twenty twenty one. To give the chance, okay, one or two is there always, but uh, it's very hard to get the chance, and uh, it's hard to see in two or three years if he is gonna be ready for, for that. So, so I I saw that, and uh, I always said to young players, if uh, you, you have to feel if you are option to play and regularly to play, then and if you have, of course, if you have quality like uh, Rashford, or Greenwood, or in Paris Mbappé, then it's different. But there is not many players like them in the world, so you have to find different way. So to the most important for young players is uh, to play regularly and to fight for points and. If you are on the bench or on the stands, you still can improve in training, but it's not the same. Well, the man, you, you came back to Chelsea to prove a point, and you did just that, obviously winning the league in 2015 and 17. How happy were, were you with yourself and your confidence at that time, knowing that you had proved that point? Yeah, it was, uh, was great, to be honest. And... Uh, I, I was at Chelsea in uh, three and a half years, so we had uh, we won two titles, which is great. And uh, I was very happy because uh, when the club invests in you, they pay big money uh, for your transfer, and you you need to have a responsibility. You need to know that uh, you have to prove that. Mm -hmm. So I was happy, of course. And when I look back. When I look back and at my time at Chelsea, I have to say that uh, my me and my team we did great, and of course two titles stay there. I think Chelsea in a history won five or six titles. I was involved in three, so yeah. uh, for sure my name is gonna stay there forever. I don't say that uh, I was uh, the main guy because there was uh, so many great great players, but um, I think that that I help, I help the team, the club, and uh, I'm proud of that, 100%. How did you find working with Jose? Yeah, with Jose is uh, not always easy, uh, we have to be honest, because he always wants for, from you more and more, and 
it's hard to work with him, especially if you don't win some games. Yeah. Uh, I have to say it's not it's not it's not easy. And uh, but he in his career he won I don't know 25 or more trophies. Yeah. So he know what he he knows what he is doing. He's a great manager, and for me it was was great. I I was working with him at Chelsea, at United. A great experience. So when you work with him, after you can work with any any manager. <laughs> Sometimes is is difficult, I have to say, but uh, he's like that. He's like that. You you have to adapt on the coach. Sometimes in this new generation, uh, the coach needs to adapt more because it's it's completely different than 10, 15, 20 years ago. Sure. But uh, definitely is one of the best coaches in uh, in football history. What do you what do you find the difference between Ali? And Jose, I think they are they are completely different. It's difficult to comp- to compare now because uh, Jose started very young at Porto. Uh, I don't know, he was thirty four or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a little bit older. I don't know. And uh, he won many trophies. And in football history, I don't know if there is many coaches who won more than him. Mm. No. Well, he called you again when he got the job at Manchester United. And then you then you came to the red side of Manchester, which is why we're all here. How did that move come about for you? Yeah, I think that uh, after that three and a half years at Chelsea, I I decided to to move. Uh, I got the offer from United and Jose to to come here, and um, I have to be honest, uh, United in Serbia is very popular. Uh, is probably after Restar, Belgrade and Partizan is a third third club. Uh, if, if, if you look how many supporters they have. So Restar is number one, Partizan second and United third. <laughs> so I always I always uh, liked United, especially when uh, Nemanja Vidic was playing here. So he's from Serbia. He lives not far from my house, West West Serbia. So uh, we always support him. And uh, when I got opportunity to come here, I wanted to use and uh, to pe- to play for for United, for the probably the the biggest club in uh, in England and one of the best clubs in uh, in the world. We can say maybe Real Madrid, uh, Manchester United, and maybe Bayern. <laughs> For me, that's the three biggest club in the world. So when you got that opportunity, you have to use. And uh, I think that I did uh, did did well, and I think that I made good good choice. Were you excited uh, to make the move and working under Jose at a different club? Yeah, yeah. As I said, I was I was uh, very happy. Um, I spoke with with Jose, and uh, of course my agent stayed in uh, in touch with the club. So um, was easy was easy to make to make decision. Uh, I don't want I don't want to say that uh, that I was not happy at Chelsea. Of course I was happy, but yeah. I I thought that was the right time to to move. And as I said, when you get the chance to go and play for Manchester United, I think that you have to to use that. I respect everyone. I respect, of course, Chelsea. But I felt that was the right time for for me to move. And as I said, I think that for me was was good. Do you remember your first game for United against West Ham? Yeah, that was the first game in the in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um you got man of the match. And you ended up like a little flying winger, go going on a little bit of a mazy run oh, on the right side. On the yeah, right on the right side. side. Yeah, and I'm thinking, hold on, what I was doing there? <laughs> One, what are you doing there? <laughs> and the other thing, I'm thinking, well, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's an oldie midfielder. Surely, like, yeah. what's he doing there, like a flying winger? Yeah, I don't know what I what I was doing there. Probably, I don't know. I went to press someone or something. But normally, I'm not there, so I have to stay in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that game, of course. My first game in the league. Of course, the, the atmosphere was great. Uh, motivation was uh, on high level because it's the first game. You want to show your best in front of uh, home home supporters. And uh, I think that we won 4-1. Four, 4-1, four four one. Four one, four yeah. Can yeah. you remember, do you know when you came to Old Trafford with Chelsea? Yeah. Was it always... 
a special occasion because it's Old Trafford or did you just think well it's just another game and no yeah of course but to play at Old Trafford if you play for United or, or you play for other team is always yeah. special when you come I think the away changing room is not that great only yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, when you step on the pitch, is uh, I think the, uh, it's uh, for me it's the best stadium in in the world. Has some you can see that has some history, uh, has something different than the other stadiums. I have to mm-hmm. say, Tottenham new stadium is great. A lot of uh, sta- new yeah. stadiums they look good, but uh, Old Trafford has something different, and I hope they 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 can keep like that. Uh, I think Absolutely. the interior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's always special for me when you, when I played against United for Benfica or for Chelsea was was always good. Motivation was always high because you want to do your best against United to show your quality. So I know exactly how the other teams how they feel when they play against us, especially at Old Trafford, mm. and uh, that's why we need to know that they they're gonna give always the best from themselves. They want to show. Uh, their quality and uh, motivation against us is always uh, bigger than when they play against other clubs. Yeah, I suppose one of the great joys of playing at Old Trafford has been missing more recently is that there are no fans. How happy were you or maybe when did you first realise that United fans had changed the lyrics to a song they'd sung for Nemanja Vidic? and turned it into a song for you? I think they never turned a song for me because they sing to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's always good when I hear that song. Uh, I know that, that that was made for for Vida, but uh, I don't have a problem with that. Vida <laughs> was an amazing player. Uh, the supporters will never forget, forget him because he he was a warrior. He gave his best for for the club. And it's exactly what I'm trying to do here. Of course, uh, he played in in different time. He was he won many things. I will do my best to won uh, to won some trophies. Of course, for 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 United, uh, it's hard to be successful like him. Um, and uh, but we have to we have to do our best to to try to bring United where United belongs. And uh, yeah, and I'm happy. I, I hope supporters will continue to sing that. And in the future, maybe some some more Nemanjas they can sign for. <laughs> <laughs> Nemanja, who whenever whenever you um, came to Manchester United, who helped you to settle in most? Who did you who were you drawn towards in the changing room? I don't know to be honest to say one name, but I think everyone everyone tried to help me. I I knew it. Uh, Mata, Juan Mata from before, yeah. I, we spent some days in Chelsea together because when I signed, we trained I think a few weeks together, then then he signed for um, for United. Of course, Paul was there, I played uh, a few times against him, but m- most of the guys, I, I, I knew it from before, I played uh, against them. Victor Lindelof come, came in the same time, and uh, Victor was was a kid when I played in Benfica. He was in uh, in uh, academy of Benfica. So uh, most of the guys I I know from football, and everyone helped me to to settle. And of course, Jose Jose with with his staff, he was at United. So for me, it was 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 easy. And from the beginning, I start to play. Everyone helped me on the pitch, of course. And uh, I had great. I have to say that I had uh, great reception from from all people in the club. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happened when you signed, uh, which I imagine the club hated, but as fans, we were loving it, is you were pictured. Someone someone took a photo of you in your training gear at United and leaked it online before the announcement was made. So everybody knew what was no. happening and everybody was excited. Did you were you made aware no, of that? No. Not someone. I will. I take the picture. Oh, did you? <laughs> no, I, I took the picture, and uh, because obviously I, I I'm not like that to take the pictures and to to send the social media. But uh, mm-hmm. because I have a group, uh, we mentioned my village. So I have a group with fifty people from my village, and fifty. Fifty people. <laughs> and I said, I don't know, maybe forty-eight or but more yeah. or less. <laughs> So we have a group. So the, in that group are all guys that I grew up with them. So we have one group. So 
to be honest, they were texting every two minutes, uh, deal done, did you sign? <laughs> so, and two days I didn't reply anything. I didn't, so in that day I wake up and I, I, I saw 70 uh, messages. Did, do you sign? They sent me uh, texts from newspapers and they said it's done, this one. <laughs> So I had to, I, I sent uh, like selfie, I said, yeah. shut up. And uh, I, I was doing the, the medical test there. And of course, the, probably they sent some friends and then, you know, the power of, of social media did, yeah. did the job. <laughs> did you get in trouble? No, I didn't get the, the trouble. Uh, but uh, obviously it was, was, not, was not my attention to, to send to, to to newspaper, but you know, I for, I forgive them because they were so happy. Most of them, they support United. So excited, yeah. And they had to support Chelsea because of me, but inside they, they were like... So hang on, you have a group with 48 people of your childhood <laughs> friends? That's a lot of people in one group. Yeah, if you want, I can I can prove. I, can, I have my phone here so you can see. Send a little selfie into your group of us all in the podcast. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can show. That's so nice, though. It's such a close community for you. Do you go back and see them often? Yeah, I, every every year in the summer or when I play national team, I always go there. I always like to, to see them. We have our football club. Uh, we, we made the club like five years ago. So and all my friends that I grew up with them, with some of them I played, I played uh, football when we start. So most of them they they have jobs, they they work, but they play for our club. So we decide to start from the bottom, and they 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 promote three consecutive years. They are now four division. Wow. Like, it's like League Two in England, which Amazing. of course four division in Serbia is not that professional like uh, League Two in England. But you still, they need to train a little bit. And <laughs> <laughs> so we have the club also. And we, when I go to Serbia, I always see them. And uh, it's always good. I, I, that that's that's friends, nice. is, uh, friends are forever yeah. for the rest of my life, of course. Does your dad coach them? No, my dad, no, 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 no. no. He always uh, watch the games and he only criticizes. Nemanja, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you won't remember this, or if you did, it would be very weird. But on one of my very first days working at Old Trafford, I got in a lift with you and I was really nervous. So I didn't say anything. I just stood there. But I was with Lou Macari. And uh, during that morning, a load of newspapers had run a story about you um, doing loads of charitable work and sending money home and paying for schools and improvements. And I, I think I might be wrong, uh, some things with some hospitals. And he said to you in the lift, that was really good, really good. And uh, it didn't seem like you wanted to talk about it. And if you don't want to talk about it now, that's fine too. But how important is it for you to be able to, to make those improvements in, in the place that you grew up from and obviously are so close to and still so involved with? Yeah, I don't like to speak about my uh, my... I, uh, if you want to say charity, help for the mostly for the kids, but I try because when I grow up, I didn't have the pitch to train. The pitch was horrible next to the yeah. cemetery, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's that was not the pitch. The, the, we just put the the goals, put the lines, and uh, we call that pitch. So I wanted to make. Uh, uh, some uh, good pitch for, for kids uh, that they can train, that they can improve. If someone wants to play football, that he has good um, condition. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, to help the school, the most important that they, they have a good school. When I was in the school, we didn't have a, even the toilet in the school. You had to go outside somewhere in the, <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> so... I just had, uh, I, I felt like it's my ob obligation because uh, the kids there, they deserve to have a better condition for everything, for school, for training, the, I don't know, playground for, for small kids. So I, I try to help them and I will do it that uh, because I can. I earn, uh, I, we have to say, we have to be honest, we are in United, Chelsea or I don't know, Arsenal, we, we earn a lot of money. And uh, some of that money we, we need to, to spend for the future because many of that kids, they will be 
future stars and they have to, yeah. to do the same one day. Fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Brilliant. Can we talk about goals? Um, Nemanja, your first goal for United, last minute screamer at Crystal Palace. Yeah. That must have been a good moment for you. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good, especially because it was in the last minute and we won uh, uh, three points with, with that goal. And uh, and of course, I will never forget that. You know, some goals, when you do tap-in from the line, you, after a few years, <laughs> you, you forget. Uh, someone tells you, ah, oh, yeah, I forgot. But that goal, I will never forget. It was a nice goal and also when with the goal in the last minute when you win three points, and I, I remember that we in that time was was very important that three points for us, mm-hmm. and of course, amazing goal. I won. One goal of the season as well. Goal of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goal yeah. of the season was was great. So, my son took the the trophy. He keep next to his bed. So he's not my. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> Are those the things that you dream about as a kid, growing up, scoring screamers? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you know, when you're a kid, you dream. Yeah. And uh, and I think that I, I didn't score many goals in my career, but almost eighty percent of my goals they were nice because yeah. normally where I'm out far from the goal when I shoot, so I had seven or eight very very nice goals. So uh yeah that's what what's gonna stay in in my memory forever so one day i can show the kids or <laughs> which is your favorite because off the top of my head there's the volley against porto that we talked about uh for chelsea against tottenham in the fa cup from about 40 yards that couldn't be more in the top corner <laughs> and then the goal against crystal palace uh, i mean you might have other favorites which for you is the one that really stands out yeah it was it was one goal uh Portugal, Serbia, over kick, overhead, how you call that? Yeah. Uh, overhead kick. Was uh, one Everton, Chelsea, was also long, long uh, range shot. Uh, and maybe Benfica, Braga, where I take the ball. I won the ball in the middle of the pitch and I drive and score. So, yeah, as I said, seven or eight goals. I, I remember that they were nice. And I don't score many, so <laughs> my job is to defend. <laughs> uh, what about... Oh, also, uh, so our, our producer, Matt, is obviously paying attention to this and he's just messaged me to say he's just looked at the overhead kick and I uh, think he's found it stunning. <laughs> so I'd recommend, if you haven't seen it, everybody listening, go and find that because it sounds like that's worth watching. Um, what about... You say your job is to defend. What about in the future? Obviously, in June, you signed the new contract, so you, three more years at United at least. Have you considered what might come next yet? Uh, yeah, I signed your contract. I, I'm very happy that uh, clubs believes in my work. And I, I have to say, uh, when your club that offers a new contract, that means that that's mean something. That means that you are doing a good job. And uh, I was very, very proud when we started to talk about new contract. And uh, I didn't think a lot. So I said to my agent, of course, I want to sign. My family is happy. My son almost started to cry because he stayed in the same school. He's <laughs> yeah. next ne- from September. He is under tra- under ten. He is playing also at United. So for for my family also is great. And uh, from the next season, there is no excuse. We have to go for with everything. We have to fight for the title because uh, I felt that this year we we dropped some points so easy. We we allowed Liverpool to win. I don't know ten games before the season finish. Yeah, uh, they won the league. So we we cannot allow it anymore that. So we have to fight until the end. And uh, uh, we have to play with more confidence, with more responsibility. So my my personal my personal target is to win the league with with United, and I'm sure that everyone uh, wants to do the same. And we, we we have to promise our supporters that we will do our best. And uh, exactly what we done after uh, after uh, this Corona. Uh, so when we start to play again, yeah. so that's United. We have to win uh, five, six, six consecutive games. Then sometimes you you can drop some points. Then again you have to do that run. So like that we can win the league. 
And in the beginning of the season, we we, we were not stable. We won the one or two games, then we lost, then we draw. So proper United is exactly what we done after after Corona, and we, I hope we can continue like that next season. And Nemanja, before you go after United, surely you're going to go back to Serbia and play with your friends in that team. Yeah, I'm, you have to even coaching. Can you coach them? Yeah, I I go I go Serbia after after. Uh, you mean when I finish a uh, career or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you going to go and play with uh, your yeah, friends? I, and I your... promise. I promise to the coach that I will uh, when I stop football. Definitely, I will uh, sign. I will sign for my club. <laughs> so I promise to him. He told me that he cannot give me the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Captain, because my cousin, my cousin is 38 and he is a captain for a long time. Uh. <laughs> Imagine playing in a in the in the, in that division and you think, yeah, I got a good game today. Yeah, and then Nemanja Matic walks out against you. No, but they promised me I can play uh, that I will play only home games, so I don't need to go away. Uh, because we have high speed, so I can show some skills. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. And you don't need that on the side still. Oh no! When I start to play for my, when I sign for my village, he will be not allowed to come to the stadium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will put his picture. Don't allow him. Nemanja Lee Grant was the one that recommended you for our podcast. Is there anyone you would like to recommend? Uh, hmm. Recommend maybe Odion. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yes, I think uh, Odion has um, some uh, great stories. Experienced guy, played in many clubs, so <laughs> that will be interesting to see. Perfect. He's our Fantastic. next target, Nemanja. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, everyone. Cheers, man. I can't believe you have that many people in a group. It's... Uh, yeah. Okay, let me see. Just I will show you the the group. <laughs> That's brilliant. So we call that. Um, oh. Relo Sport champions. Our club is Relo Sport. So yeah. I was going to ask you what they were called. Ah, sorry, I was like 34 people at the moment. 34. 34. <laughs> That's still quite a lot, though. 34 yeah. people. So. Are, you, are you the group admin? Uh, no, no, not no. me. My friend. No, the first group that we had, um, I was the admin. But after. Uh, we have one guy who is in, in charge for that because some some guys they 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 left some guys come in so he made a new group. So. You must have to mute that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody ever admit that they shared the photo of you, or did everybody go? It wasn't me. No, no. When I asked who sent, everyone shut down because they, <laughs> they know they're in trouble. Yeah. Brilliant. But I will find out. Yeah. <laughs> out. No problem. No problem. <laughs> they stop, if they stop my transfer that will be a problem but yeah. <laughs> brilliant you let me take one, one selfie brilliant thank you pleasure that's our, that's our first podcast selfie I love that oh yeah we should do that every week yeah we will see what they said I sent to the group <laughs> brilliant. brilliant thank you very much thank you so much Nemanja bye good one, mate bye bye, bye. How good was that? Brilliant. What a great guy. Such a nice guy. A really good talker. Brilliant. He's going to forgive whoever it was that leaked that photo. He's just going to forgive them and laugh, isn't he? What a great story that is. What a great story. Would you admit it if you did that? You would not admit it. If you were in not that group, yeah, would you admit it? Because you know there's 37 other people it could have been, so you'd just be like, could have been any of them. Yeah, could have been any of them. Not a chance. Yeah, blame someone else. It's a big WhatsApp group, wasn't it? It was a big WhatsApp a group. A big WhatsApp group. Like, I'm not being funny. Our WhatsApp group, sometimes it can be a bit too much. I'm not going to lie, guys. Sometimes I feel like <laughs> mutant news. There's only four of us, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I mean. Imagine having a group of... Tusk, kick her out. Kick her out. I'm only joking. It's my favourite group. My approach to, to WhatsApp is I don't have my notifications on. Oh. Well, you need to turn them on for us. So then it... I. It can never be overwhelming. I can never get too irritated by anything because I will actively go to seek information. What happens if we, we really need you one time and your notifications aren't on? We'll just have, we'll know that for future. We'll just start ringing you. So mine, it's not that mine are all muted. I just, in the, in the phone settings, notifications are off. <laughs> yeah. Except, but I get the, you know, like the little numbers, like a little red number comes up on the app. So I yeah. know when I have messages. Just tell us. Don't come so up I'll, on I'll, the screen. I'll have a look and be like, oh, it's from the podcast. Great. And then I can engage. You lying b****. <laughs>
Brilliant. Anyway, scored a lot of good goals, didn't he? As producer Matthew said, not a great goal scorer, but a scorer of great, great goals. Great goals, yes, yes. Thank you, Evans. Do you know what I really liked? Go on. The charity stuff. I know he doesn't want to speak about it and bring it up, and I think it's so nice that you actually hear things, like you, you mentioned, Sam, you know, if you don't want to mention it, don't mention it, but the fact that he, he was open about it and yeah. very honest about it, and people always go on about players and the money they earn and, you know, things they can do. And players don't want the the uh, recognition for it. They want to do it no. silently. And obviously he's, he's told us now what he does, but the fact is is that I would I would never have known that. And things like that make people so special. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. I do. Definitely. I think it was great. I think it was absolutely great. Any emails, guys? Any emails? We've got some emails, Maisie. Lots of emails. Uh, I'll tell you what... Uh, a guy called Brett Embling has sent us some photos as well. So if you are, if you're thinking about sending us an email, uh, if you've got photos, send the photos. So Brett says this: Hi Sam, Helen, and David. I want to start by saying thank you for your podcast. I'm going to turn my phone sideways so I can read it better. Uh, thank you for your podcast and the continuation throughout lockdown. It's really helped me get through these dull days and weeks. I'm a big fan of all the episodes. My favourite so far has been the Paul Skulls episode. Everybody likes my mate, don't they? Um, I'm from the south of England, Ooh, but friends. in Vietnam. <laughs> during your la- during your last podcast you were talking about where people were listening to I was listening to your Robin Van Persie episode whilst driving through the mountains of De Lap, Vietnam I had the stories in my ear whilst riding a motorbike through beautiful mountain scenery and he's attached some photos so thanks again for the great work I can't wait for the next episode Brett and the photos are amazing it's so cool so if you're if you're listening and uh, you're you're somewhere somewhere unusual, or even if you, you even if to you maybe it seems mundane, let us know because it's really cool to find out. Thank you, Brett. Maisie, have you got a drill there? I bought a new drill this week. You bought a new yeah. drill. Why have we not got this in the introduction to the podcast? Well, this one is an absolute beauty. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Ah, oh, Maisie got a new drill. Right, Chris has emailed in. Hey guys, Chris from Pennsylvania, supporter since late 90s when EPL was finally occasionally shown in the States and the occasional Champions League match. And it's not hard to fall in love with the best team going. Having have especially enjoyed watching older United highlights on YouTube from various eras. I'd love to hear from Alan Smith, since I don't believe many fans realise how long of a career still had he still had after leaving United. And especially topical to get his Leeds thoughts on their return. Alan Smith would be great, wouldn't he? Smudge, yeah. I think we'll have to wait for that one, though, because he does live in Florida. So Well, I think yeah, we well as soon as we're allowed out there, we'll get out there for Alan Smith. I'm up for it. Uh, uh, there's another one uh, from Abhalish who says, Hey, Helen, Sam and Maisie. Thank you. Uh, amazing work with the podcast. Congratulations. Thank you for bringing us United fans the interviews of all the interesting players so far. I really love the way you interact with the guests and the pods are a great source of information into the club's history and dressing room. Here are my few requests slash suggestions for the podcast. Here we go. David Beckham, my childhood idol, the reason I supported uh, United or started supporting United. I can't imagine anybody that wouldn't want to listen to a David Beckham podcast. I definitely would. That would be great. Wayne Rooney, my all-time favourite footballer, a true legend, and of course, Sir Alex. I feel like if we did Sir Alex, it would surpass anything. And but it would have to. It would be like a, we could do like a whole series of podcasts with Sir Alex. Mm-hmm. I don't definitely. know how you would. I don't know how we'd break it's that. It's not going to be a one just, episode one. No. Yeah, how would you just get like an hour and a half out of Sir Alex Ferguson? What would? I almost want him to shout at me. I want to go on too long so he shouts at me so I can claim I've had the hair dry. I think I'd like that. <laughs> Maisie, you're you weird. do not look impressed with that. Maisie's like, no. You're just weird. So what would it what would it be? Would it be oh friends, Sir Alex, Scolzi, <laughs> oh friends? Yeah, I would have thought so. Gaffer, shout at Sam. No, I I just keep going. I just keep going until he was like, "You need to stop now." And I then I'd ask another one. They'd get really angry. Sam, I'd show you up. Well, that's not going to get me shouted at. <laughs> trying to get the hairdryer over it. He's only ever said to me, "Well done," with a tap on the back. Yeah. He always does that. Love that. Yeah. Well done. Oh, I bet Maisie got shouted at a few times. Yes, lots. That's it. We're done. We haven't finished that email. Oh, yeah, I didn't, did I? We didn't really get to the end of the email. Um, so please, please make it happen. Thank you for everything so far. Cheers, Abdelash. And he's in Sunnyvale, California. Oh, Abdelash, I will see you. I will see you in March time. I'm going over there playing Pell Beach. Thank you very much for your emails. And do send us uh, pictures of where you're listening to. 
And if you don't have a picture, that's fine. Just let us know where you are listening from. We're still trying to find the most unusual place uh, people are listening to our podcasts. That is it for another week. Thank you if you made it all the way to the end. Remember, if you want to get in touch, you can email us at unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk. That address is in the notes for this episode if you need it. Also a reminder that you can watch the box set of all our episodes of the United Podcast on MUTD with new episodes airing every Friday. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.